Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jay Jackman, and today we're going to have a look at the playoffs uh, with the first leg coming into focus, I've got a Reading and a Fulham fan joining me today. So if you guys just want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Russ Goldman. Uh, I have a Twitter account called Russ underscore Goldman. And of course, for my podcast about Fulham, Cottage Talk. So please do follow those uh, Twitter accounts. Hi, I'm uh, Simeon Pickup, also known as Bucks Royal on Twitter. I'm assistant editor at the Tilehurst End, which is a Reading website. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Uh, we'll start with just having a look at the last few weeks of your season, if we can. Uh, how are you feeling going into the playoffs? Are you happy with the way you ended the season? Are there any sort of concerns you have going into the, the, those semi-finals? We'll start on you on this run, Ross. How's Fulham's end of the season been? The end of the season has been real well. Uh, you know, we've actually been pretty much informed. We've won five out of the last six, the other one being a draw against Brentford. That was a little bit of a disappointment, but it was a local derby, so I guess I can understand getting the draw. But beyond that, uh, we've really been uh, getting into gear ever since that uh, unfortunate match against Derby County. So I guess you could say confidence is high because uh, the style of play has really been coming through as it has been the entire season, but the results now have been matching up with the style. So we've ended the season extremely strong, and uh, it's encouraging going into the playoffs. Yeah, obviously you, you finished your season with a win over Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I know they made a few changes to their team, uh, as David Wagner alluded to, after Huddersfield last yep. game after they were fined. We, was that sort of a good game? I didn't, I didn't get to see much of it, but I guess it's always good to end with a win and, and taking that momentum into the playoffs. It is, uh, and uh, both managers took a different take on how they were going to play this. Uh, like you mentioned, Sheffield Wednesday made 10 changes. We made four. But we had a, a significant change, and that was uh, resting Stefan Johansson. And uh, it was interesting to see what Savisa was going to do in his place. He actually used uh, Lucas Piazon to play his role. But um, it was an interesting match. It was a match that Fulham controlled the majority of the match. They gave up the first goal, and then they started to dictate the play and uh, got the equalizer, and then uh, they had a sending off at the end of the first half from playing against 10 men in the second half. And then, and then they got the winner in the second half, and that's the way we did. Right, and just moving on to Reading with you now, Simeon. Uh, I've not seen a great deal of Reading recently, but from what I saw early in the season, especially against Newcastle and I think against Brighton as well, I wasn't overly impressed, and I always sort of had questions about how they got into the top six. And I've seen a lot of similar sort of views on in the media and on social media in general. So what are your te- what is your take on Reading season and how have they got into the playoffs and what are sort of the strengths in the team? Although there's been a lot said about, 
Yapstam and his style of football. I don't think it's really a um, a tactical thing or something about the system that's really got us as high up as he as we have. I think it's more about the, the belief and the, the passion and the drive that Yapstam's instilled in the team. Um, last season we had a very poor season. It was a very disappointing campaign the year before that. But he's really got an energy um, instilled in the team. They're very, very confident. They always bounce back after every bad defeat. Um, and apart from that, we've got the, a lot out of Jan Kermigan. Uh, a couple of other players, Liam Moore at the back, Ali Alhabsi saved us some points. Um, so, yeah, it's been a very exciting campaign. One thing I noticed from the last few weeks of the season with all, all of the teams in the playoffs now is that there didn't seem to be a team that wanted to finish in third place. I, I don't know why that was. There was, there was Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield resting players, and, and it was Reading that went on and take, uh, took that third place. Are you happy to finish in third? Do you think that, that sort of gives you positive momentum to take into the playoffs? Because... You are statistically the best team in them over the course of the season. So, I mean, you can only take positives from that. It would definitely put a lot of belief into that team. Um, managing to, at least in, in terms of the table, edging out three very good sides in Fulham, Huddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday, gives us some really good momentum going into it. Uh, and it proves that we can beat them and we can go all the way, I think. Yeah, just moving into the game as a whole, what do you sort of think are the strengths and weaknesses of each side, uh, both of you, just looking at each other's teams and at your own teams as well? Uh, I know, Russ, you've been watching a lot of video uh, on Reading as well, so you should have some views on that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting watching them because I, I can now see why they are where they are. They're, uh, they're a team that, uh, again, plays with passion, like uh, like Simeon was talking about, and the, there's there's a real sense of, t- of uh, intent, I guess you could say, with their play. Uh, they, they're very good on set pieces. That's one of the things that really stood out to me. And uh, they do have a striker that can finish in Kermigan. So that to me seems, seems to be the strength. But they do have this issue at times where, where they can give up a good amount of goals. They gave up a good amount of goals to us, uh, to Norwich City too. I don't know if that, that is what you would call weakness, but I would just, I would just say that, that they're not – uh, not at a really, I guess you could say, top top level defensively. But neither are Fulham. But but it's you know if that's their weakness, so be it. Because they're they're certainly very difficult to break down. But I would say they're probably not at at the uh, level of uh, Sheffield Wednesday when it comes to defensively. But who is right now? Because they're probably the best left defensively. If that's their weakness, so be it. Like I said, Fulham are probably in that same boat. Uh, but Going forward, uh, they take advantage of their opportunities, and when they score first, they are 25-1-1. So it tells you that they're a team that once they get the lead, they do not really relinquish it. So they're difficult to break down. That's what it tells me. Yeah, the, the one thing I've noticed from both teams is that uh, you, you are the two highest scoring teams in the playoffs, so there should be goals, and def- it's definitely one for the neutral to watch, uh, to get excited about at least. And then looking at um, sort of possession as well, both these teams like to have possession and, and like to keep the ball. How do you see that one playing out, Simeon? Do you think that uh, Fulham sort of in their possession game might be a good thing for Reading because you've got players on the counter-attack like McCleary who can sort of uh, cause a lot of damage uh, when they have more space in front of them? as opposed to sort of possessing the ball yourself. Do you think that maybe that's something Stan might look to do, uh, play on the counter-attack? Because 
from from me as a neutral, I think it would be tough to take Fulham on in a possession game. I saw Newcastle trying to do it this season, and we failed very badly at St James's Park. So it's they're definitely the best team at possessing the ball for me. Although Reading like to do it as well. Do you think that 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 Stan will approach it as sort of counter attacking, or do you think he will stick to its principles? I think he'll retain a bit of his um, possession philosophy. Um, he's very much a purist when it comes to that, but to a good extent, he'll be. Uh, it want Reading to go a bit more direct, be more aggressive uh, when they're out of possession, um, which worked very well up at Sheffield Wednesday a couple of months ago when we managed to really weather a storm and come away with a 2 0 win. And that wasn't a typical stand performance. It wasn't Reading dominating the ball and making a lot of chances. It was really having to weather a lot of pressure, which I imagine we'll have to do with Fulham at Craven Cottage as well. Um, but really, although Reading and Fulham both like to keep the ball, I think it's in very different ways. There's very different endpoints to it. Absolutely. Good point. Fulham, yeah, Fulham, are, um, they keep the ball to make chances, um, and they try to really dominate games and score a lot of goals. Whereas Reading, is, um, as Russ has pointed out, um, Reading are better at using the ball to see games out. When they take the lead, they as he said, we've won 22 of our games when we've gone when we've gone ahead, and we're very good at doing that. Um, if we manage to get the lead against Fulham at Craven Cottage or at the Medeski, I hope we'll really build on that. Yeah, yeah you men- mentioned there um, that Medeski and Craven Cottage. Of course, you've already played two games this season. That is the, the beauty of the playoffs, that we can look back at past games and, and take things from that. What do you think we can take from the two games this season? Because at Craven Cottage, it did, did seem to be a bit of, bit of a thrashing, like Fulham have done to several teams this season. Huddersfield twice. Uh, was it? I think it ended five 0 Then at the Medeski in the rearranged yep. uh, fixture, it was one 0 So you know you both got a win. And if those results are repeated, of course Fulham would go through. But that that's not what happens in the playoffs. Anything can happen. It's it's a different sure. environment. It, there's a lot of pressure. How? What do you think we can take from those two matches that were played? Do you think there's going to be any sort of tactical elements or or any sort of uh, sort of players could take confidence from it because I know Chris Martin got a couple of goals at Craven Cottage. Do you think there's gonna we can take quite a lot from those two games, Ross? It's interesting because uh, I just watched both matches back last night and uh, just want to refresh my memory on both of them. And in the first match, the one thing that stands out to me, and we talked about this off air, is that uh, the formation was different for Reading, and and that actually suited us very well, where where they just had had a standard four at the back instead of the three center backs. And uh, I thought that we just were relentless in this match, and we we were ahead at the half and could have been up more. And then in the second half, we got an early goal, and we, and we were dictating the play throughout this match. And, and then uh, and then they had a sending off, and then, and then the match got out of control after being up 2-0. But the first half just showed me that we can dictate the play at home specifically, and uh, and our style will see us through there. Uh, in the reverse fixture, when we went back to the Medeski, because that was the second time we were there, but uh, first time the match got suspended and uh, basically got abandoned. So so then we had to go back again. Uh, so that time it was different because uh, Liam Moore was now involved and they played with three center backs. And uh, they definitely closed down the space and made it more difficult for us. We still were playing our stuff and we're still dictating the way that we we did, but instead of having 
more space, it was limited, especially in the middle. And uh, that, to me, is going to be an interesting little matchup here. Uh, you know, a little tactical battle here is uh, what will Yapstam do? Will he go with three at the back at Craven Cottage, or will he do it at Reading or do it at both? That, to me, is the one thing that I am very curious about, especially in this first match. What is going to be the approach of Yapstam in this match? And, and uh, Because I think that is going to tell us a great deal. Because Fulham, I tr- truly believe, will be playing 4-2-3-1 and trying to dominate the game. The question will be, what will Reading do? Simi, do you have any, any comments on that? What, what do you think Reading will do? Do you think Stam will go with three at the back like he did uh, at the Medeski in the last fixture? I think he'll go with three at the back and try and, uh, as Ross said, frustrate him, frustrate Fulham in the middle. Um, certainly much more than at Craven Cottage. The thing about Stam as a tactician, as someone who sets up his side, when he gets things wrong tactically, things go very, very wrong. Like at Craven Cottage, um, we were it was the wrong system for the game. Uh, we were missing Liam Moore, missing, missing Liam um, Jan Kermigan as well. Um, and, well, it went pretty awfully. But then back at the Medeski, when Stam worked out a system how to restrict Fulham by playing three at the back and actually not playing with any strikers, it was McCleary and Roy Behrens up top who dropped quite deep and uh, we had a lot of men in the middle to uh, restrict and frustrate Fulham. That worked a lot better. Um, It's to be seen what Stam will do on Saturday and then on Tuesday. Um, For the life of me, I haven't got a clue what he wants to do um he's surprised us all season um but i suppose that could be an advantage if i haven't got a clue what he'll do then hopefully <laughs> slavisa jakanovic won't have a clue what he's going to do either jake what's interesting about that match at the Medeski is uh Fulham came out with three at the back and they have done that rarely this season we generally play the four two three one but at halftime he changed it. He went back to the four-two-three-one, brought on Lucas Piazon. So that tells me that he made a mistake with his tactics in the first half and changed it in the second half and realized, okay, we're not going to just play the same system they're playing. We're going to play our system, and hopefully that will work out better. So if, uh, if uh, Stom does go with three at the back, I do expect Fulham to play the way that they've been playing. Yeah, that brings me nicely on to, onto team news ahead of this one. Uh, I haven't really looked closely at, at sort of the injuries and suspension that each team has. So, so would you like to each talk us through that? Do you, do you have any players out for this one, or, or do you have a fully fit squad to pick from? I do. Uh, I have two players that are out for Fulman, and those are two centre backs, and that is uh, Ragnar Signison and Michael Mattel. Uh, Savicio Konovich did his presser today, and both players are out for for both legs here. But beyond that, there's a Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Full squad. And for Reading, have you got any injuries heading into this one? Uh, there's four doubts, really. Gareth McCleary, Paul McShane, Stephen Quinn and Joey Vandenberg. Stephen Quinn will most likely not play um, in either playoff semi-final or the, play- or the final if we're lucky enough to get there. Uh, Joey Vandenberg uh, should be fit, but could be, could not be. Uh, Paul McShane is a 50-50 as well. Um, very experienced centre-half. who has been one of our key defenders when he's actually been in the side, but he's also been injured quite a lot. And Gareth McCleary, who's our number one assister, and our second top scorer is also a 50-50, I would say. He's been uh, having to play with an injection in his leg for quite a while now. Um, so he hasn't been fully fit. And it's hard to tell if we'll see him again this season. Paul McShane would be a massive miss. Because from, from when I went to Medeski to watch Newcastle this season, I think he was probably the best player on the pitch from either team. Uh, and a lot of what Brass has said about Reading, I, I saw come true that day as well. Is sort of, I thought Newcastle had the better of it for the first half. Then in the second half, they were completely shut down. And if anyone was going to win the game, it was Reading. Uh, and it's sort of those performances in the big matches. Uh, I think I see, saw a table on uh, Cottage's Con- Confidential uh, in an article by Andrew Beck, who has been on the show before. He he, he was uh, talking about the, the form that both teams have shown against the top six. And it seems that... But Fulham have got by far the best record, but Reading are a very close second, and I think they haven't been given the credit they deserve for those sort of big matches that they've played well in. I, I know they got a good win over Leeds, uh, beat Sheffield Wednesday, like you talked about earlier, uh, nearly beat Newcastle, and got that win over Fulham. So there's been some really good results. Do you think that playing against big teams, sort of, or, or at least the better teams in the Championship, sort of suits Stam's style a bit better? At home, I'm very confident against well, most sides in the league, we, we've only lost twice at Nadeski all season. It's also worth remembering that that um, game against Fulham at home where we won 1-0, because of that, we're the only team in the playoff this season who've been able to beat Fulham. Sheffield Wednesday haven't managed it. Huddersfield haven't managed it. So that, as the more recent of the two results, could be a really big, um, really big boost to the side, I'd say. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that stat, but that is very interesting. Russ, does that are Reading the team that you, you feared most out of the, this playoff playoff sort of four teams? Well, what's interesting is that initially I thought Reading would be the uh, team to, for us to play uh, based on the style difference. I, th- I I thought it would be a uh, a good team to match up with, but as I, I uh, was talking to one of my co-hosts, he actually really shed some light to me that that the uh, that the team to play would be Sheffield Wednesday, like I said in the uh, in the semi. But uh, Reading's a Reading's interesting. They're they're tough to beat, and the more I watch and the more I look back at it, uh, the more I'm getting nervous about this match. I mean, I I, I certainly feel that that Fulham can win uh, th- this playoff two legs. I, I do. I feel like they can. But I understand why Reading are where they are, and. Uh, 
my fear is that they get a lead and they hold on to it uh, because they've shown the ability to do that. And like uh, Simeon said, they they uh, they beat us, so they have that that edge. They they have beaten us, so that's something to consider as well. That's why I look at the first leg as as crucial for Fulham that they need uh, they need some kind of advantage going into the second leg because I think the uh, second leg, even though Fulham do play well on the road, is going to be difficult. One question I do have for you, Ross, is uh, Fulham have the second best away record. You just mentioned that, that you have a good away form. Yep. And uh, if the season started in November, I think you'd be top of the table. At least I think I saw, I've seen that stat during the rounds on social media. So, so I'll take that. <laughs> so, 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 so it's easy to see why the, the bookies in particular have got Fulham yep. down as favourites to win the playoffs. And, and Reading is sort of outsiders, which, which is weird considering they finish in third place. Do you think that this expectation on Fulham and sort of the, the general belief that they're going to win this game could play against you? And make, do you think that your players it's a great, can cope It's with a great topic, Yeah. We don't know. It's a great topic because we don't like the fact we've been talking about this. It's, I'm glad that you brought this up. How are they going to handle being the favorites here? How are they going to handle all the pundits talking about them the way that they are? It, you know, it, it's a great question. We don't know how they're going to react to this uh, because they've been flying underneath the radar for half the season, and then people started to notice them. But still, uh, it's a little unnerving that they are getting all of these uh, plaudits. It really is. Uh, so it it could, but um, but that might just be the fans. Hopefully, it's not the players and and uh, Jokanovic and his staff because the fans are getting concerned about it because we're just not used to it. I think that's a part of it. And two, I think, you know, for me, I, I shouldn't speak for everyone. I wish we were flying underneath the radar. I wish we were like Reading because I think Reading are uh, getting, uh, getting shortchanged here. They deserve to be here. And uh, uh, I think it's to their advantage that people aren't talking about them the way that they are for us. Uh, it's a great it's a great point. I don't know how they're going to handle the pressure. But what's interesting every just as I say that every time that they've had to go uh go up against pressure they've been able to handle it. And the way I look at this uh this semifinal, whoever gets through deserves it and it's going to be difficult to beat in the final because both teams are going to be going at it. The the, the two teams that like to possess the ball that make it difficult on their opponents for different reasons. So this is really a good matchup, but one that I'm not comfortable being the favorite in. I, I'm not. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting point because we've seen in the championship uh, throughout the season that it's one thing chasing sort of the top six or, or the title <laughs> or, or chasing That's to right. get out of the relegation zone. It's a completely different thing to be the favourites. Uh, Absolutely. Bringing it back to Brighton because I, I, I would love to do this uh, as we did win the league on the final day. But they, they, were, they were very good when they were in second place. It was, every time they got into the first place, they struggled. It's that pressure. And it's the same yeah. with Fulham. Fulham, there was no expectation to make the playoffs and, and they were chasing. And now they're in that position and seeing his favorites, it's a completely different dynamic, and it'll be interesting. It to see is how they deal with that. Um, it is, and, and and that's what we 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 won't know until uh, I hate to say until uh, after Tuesday night. Then we'll know. But uh, it's just it's something that they're not accustomed to this season. Even though people have been talking a great deal about them, but like you said, Jake, they've been chasing. What happens when you're the favorite? It's a completely different mindset. And, and I'm guessing for you, Simeon, you're quite happy to sort of go under the radar and with no expectation on you because, I mean, 
Reading can only can only come out of the playoffs with credit, whatever happens, I feel. I, I feel like the, the yeah. lack of expectation is only a positive. Yeah. Are you sort of happy to go in as the underdog? Yeah, I think that's when we thrive, really. Uh, we've been going under the radar all season. It's always been about Sheffield Wednesday or Leeds or Newcastle or Brighton or whoever. Not many pundits have been talking about us. Um, I think to flip it and to look at things from a Fulham point of view, this is the problem with being the team that's charging into the playoffs quite late on. They're the the team that every pundit is talking about. They're the ones that everyone's putting money on. They're the ones who are really being talked up. And that pressure can get to some teams. I'm not sure if it'll get to Fulham or not, but in the past it has got to teams and started to restrict them. The playoffs is a it's a competition about mental strength as much as anything else. And I reckon the team that will that best copes with that mental pressure will be the one that comes out on top. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Stam has done an excellent job at managing expectations at Reading this season because we saw last season in the playoffs, Brighton finished third and, and they just missed out on promotion by, by goal difference. And then they went out at the semi-final stage and, and were a shadow of the team they were throughout the season. And I think that, you know, by, by ruling out automatic promotion as early as Stam did, although there was a chance of it, I, I feel when, being in one of those two places, I always thought there was a chance of Reading catching us. But at the same time, by ruling that out, it sort of takes away the disappointment of missing out on automatics and gets the players completely focused on promotion. I think he's managed it very well. I, I guess as a fan, that's really pleasing to see him sort of manage expectations to the extent that now you're in a lot a lot better position than you would have been. I guess Huddersfield are the best parallel to draw because they they missed out on the automatic promotions. And I think now they go into the playoffs as, as real outsiders because of that. Are you pleased that sort of the automatics were never really brought up as a realistic target? I think so. Although there were a few points in the season when it looked like we might just be able to make a late charge for the, um, for the top two, it was never that realistic. And it's good that Stan acknowledged that and said it outright um but to be honest this is the advantage of having a manager who has previously in his career been at the very top level of the game he's played in champions league finals he's played for some really big sides and because of that he knows what it takes to win in high pressure big matches and hopefully he can transfer that onto his players just looking ahead to, to the match itself, uh, there's obviously great players on both teams. Tom Kearney comes out for Fulham. He, he's one that gets a lot of headlines and is seen as a Premier League player in waiting, whether that's with Fulham or not. And then, of course, Red have got Jan Kermagunt, Gareth McCleary. They're both very good championship players. Who do you think are the key players on either side heading into this one? Well, I think uh, you just mentioned Tom Kearney, and uh, he is a major key in this match. But I will also mention Stefan Johansson. Uh, if these two players are being influential in the match, we got good chance of uh, of scoring a good amount of goals. It, it really starts with the guys in the middle. I, I should also include Kevin McDonald. It's Kevin McDonald, Stefan Johansson, and then, of course, Kearney. And if they are firing on all cylinders, that opens up everything out wide and then up front. So it really, it really is about those three guys. If they're playing well, Fulham play well. Yeah, same question to you. Um... Simeon, who do you think are sort of the key players for Reading? Um, up top, Jan Kermigan, 18 league goals, makes this his um, best season in his career. Uh, it's been a long time coming because he's a ripe old age of 35 right now. Um, but it's not just his goal scoring, it's also 
his experience. He drops back and helps in the defence. Uh, he helps link play up in the midfield. Um, elsewhere in the side, Ali Alhabsi's saved us some game sometimes. Um, the game up at Sheffield Wednesday a couple of months ago, he pretty much single-handedly won us the game uh, with some world-class saves. Um, if Liam Kelly can dictate the play from deep, um, we've got a very good chance. And Liam Moore's going to have to have a good game as well to restrict the likes of Chris Martin and Sonia Luca. One player that has sort of caught the eye for Reading recently that I've at least noticed for, from a few of his goals is Joseph Mendes. He seems to be a player that's come out of nowhere, hasn't really played a great deal throughout the season. W- what can we sort of expect from him? Do you think he's going to play a part in the, in the semi-final? I have no idea. Um, he's, been, <laughs> he's been quite the enigma this season. Um, to take it back to the start, he arrived from, uh, I think, the French second tier uh, last summer. Um, and then didn't start a game until Easter. Um, he clearly didn't settle very well in, in English culture and football, um, and so he didn't really get much game time. But then when he started against Aston Villa a couple of weeks ago, scored two really good goals, um, and he's kicked on from there. He started again against Burton on the last day of the season and got a goal. Um, his confidence is high, uh, which is exactly what you need in a striker. Um but depending on how Stam decides to set Reading up, he might start, he might not do it. Stam is an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just before we finish up, uh, I've I definitely, over the course of this podcast, become a lot more interested in this game. I think I was the same as a lot a lot of the other sort of neutrals when this was uh, when the ties were decided and thought that Fulham would sort of walk this tie uh, and comfortably go through. But after looking at some of the stats, after listening to Simeon, I, I feel that they, there's definitely going to be an interesting game there, especially when looking at the goals that Reading score as well. There should be goals in this one. Uh, and, and it's sort of a clash of selves as well, where one possesses the ball to sort of great chances. And as you've both said, uh, Reading sort of do it to close games off. So if Reading get that first goal, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But just before we finish up for today, I just want to get a prediction from each of you for the first leg and the tie overall. I know it's very difficult to do that at this stage and the playoffs, anything can happen, but it'll be a nice way to finish the podcast. So if you, if you both want to just chuck out a prediction, that would be great. Okay, well, I'm going to go with a Fulham victory on Saturday, but it ain't going to be easy. And I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1, to one, which is going to be a nervy match for Fulham. If they win 2-1, to one, I'll take it. Uh, I certainly would like it to be uh, larger than that. I, I, I would want to, if, if you're asking me, I want a two-goal differential going into the Modeski, but I'm going to give uh, the credit to Reading that they deserve, and I'm going to say this is going to be tight. And then I'm going to say we're going to win it, but it's going to be two to one. Then I'm going to go back to Tuesday, and I'm going to say it's going to be a very tight match as well. I think Reading will score first, and but I think Fulham will will level it off. I think that that the second leg will be one one. So I think Fulham are going to win this, but it's going to be very difficult. And I'm just praying for not penalties. Please don't don't take it there because Fulham have missed nine this season. Yeah, the, the 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 League One playoffs have been very tight. So if the championship follow that trend, it's going to be very entertaining for everyone. What is your sort of prediction for this one, Simeon? Are you, are you confident for over Reading going through to the final and getting to Wembley? Funnily enough, I'm going for two-one Fulham in the first leg as well. Um, they've got a lot going forward. They've got a lot of creativity, a lot of goals in them, and I think that will 
that'll be the difference in the end. Reading will try and frustrate them and try and keep things as tight as possible, but I still fancy Fulham to just edge us in the first game. In the second leg, as long as Reading start well and hopefully get the first goal, I can see us sneaking that one by um, by 1-0. Um, and us to win on penalties. <laughs> Purely because of that Chris Martin <laughs> in the day. Oh, that was horrible. That what, gives us confidence. Uh, what is Fulham's record at penalties, Ross? It's very bad oh, from my, my memory, oh, at least. Ho- <laughs> oh, Jake, it's it's horrendous. They've missed nine. Uh, think about that, nine. I don't know how many they've hit. They've missed nine. Uh, that's got to be some kind of record. I don't even think most teams get nine penalties in a season. <laughs> <laughs> That is incredible. So I'm guessing yeah. you're going to hope for not penalties. And if they happen, yeah. you never know. You never know. Anything can happen. Yeah. Um, Simeon, if it gets to that point, you should be uh, very confident. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's it for today. Uh, previewing the first semi-final. We will be back with another show previewing the Shepherd Wednesday and Huddersfield Town game as well. But if you guys just want to tell people where they can reach you, now be a good time. Okay, well, you can... Reach me at Russ underscore Goldman on Twitter and also at the show Cottage Talk on Twitter altogether. And uh, you can listen to the podcast on blogtalkradio.com slash cottage talk. I also post the show on Cottage's Confidential on SB Nations. So you can check it out there as well. You can reach me, Simeon Pickup, at, at Bucks Royal on Twitter. And I'm also on the Tylerhurst end uh, uh, another SB Nation blog like Cottages Confidential, uh, where we write a lot about Reading and we talk about Reading on a weekly podcast. Yeah, just uh, thanks both of you for coming on today. It's been really, really interesting, and I'm definitely looking forward to to this this semi final. Hopefully, both the semi finals do live up to to some good football for me, at least as a neutral. But yeah, just thanks again for you guys for coming on, and thanks everybody for listening. We hope you join us again soon on the Championship Roundtable. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.